Hello, Patriots. I'm Lee Watts, and this is Patriot Point, your source for Kentucky news and analysis from a conservative, Christian, and common sense point of view. Well, we have lots of news for you this week. We're going to be going over the most recent uh, Kentucky governor debates, showing you some video clips from that. Uh, but before we do that, we have some other news we need to cover real quick. Uh, first of all, here on the channel Patriot Point, uh, our YouTube channel that covers it just surpassed 11,000 subscribers. Yes, we're very excited about that. Uh, we're now, of course, on YouTube, on the radio. I think we have now 29 radio stations, a few TV stations that cover it, uh, as well as our podcast. So thank you to everybody who subscribed. The more who subscribe, the more Kentuckians who are getting the news from a conservative point of view, who can be informed and involved and help our Commonwealth uphold conservative values. So we're very excited about that. Looking forward to the 12,000 mark just around the corner. Well, talking about things coming up, which is going to be the elections. Elections will be on May the 16th. Again, I encourage you to vote on election day and not to vote early because that's the easiest way they can mess with your vote. Uh, but talking about who's going to be voting for who, the, the Louisville Teachers Association has just sent out their endorsements for the primaries. And uh, to nobody's surprise, again, the Louisville Teachers Association is this radical leftist woke organization, maybe the most woke leftist group in this state. Uh, they've endorsed the Democrat, Andy Bashir for governor. No, no surprise there. Uh, they've endorsed the Democrat for attorney general. No surprise there. And they've endorsed the Republican for secretary of state. Now that's kind of surprising to a lot of Republicans. How come this most radical leftist group in the state is endorsing a Republican? Well, because that Republican is Michael Adams. He's the guy who worked with Bashir to make mail-in ballots, uh, where you can just uh, send them in, uh, drop them off, uh, all the mail uh, vote for a week or so. And so, uh, yeah, the Democrats love this guy. I don't know why he's running in the Republican Party. He should be running in the Democratic Party. Uh, this was brought to my attention by Mr. Stephen Nipper who's uh, running against Michael Adams for the Secretary of State position in the Republican primary. And uh, I, I hope he gets it. We got to get rid of Mr. Adams. Now, uh, talking about laws here in the state of Kentucky, uh, for the last three weeks, I've been mentioning that Andy Bashir has been ordered by the courts to pay $127,000 uh, to those people because he violated their rights in closing down churches. And the court said, that's against the law, you got to pay. So I've been encouraging people to contact the auditor, the treasurer, and the attorney general saying, don't let Andy Bashir use our money to pay us for his violation of our rights. Well, the Attorney General's office, again, run by Daniel Cameron, who's running for governor, he says, no, we're going to let Andy use your money to pay you. And he quoted two different laws for the reason for that. Here, I'm putting them on the screen for you so you can read them. These are these two laws in their entirety. It is KRS 41.120 and 41.130. If you'd like to freeze the screen and read this, what you're going to notice is this has absolutely nothing to do whatsoever saying that the 
the state of Kentucky has to pay for a governor's fines. Uh, not at all. Completely misconstrued. And if they want to interpret it that way, then like I said last week, the Rowan County clerk, uh, Kim Davis, she should have been allowed under the same law to use state money to pay any fines that she was ordered to pay. So uh, what I really think is right down to it is Mr. Cameron hopes to be governor, and if he ever gets sued one day, well, he wants the state to pay any of the fines that may come up. Uh, I think this is completely misconstruing this law. We put it up there, and uh, I hope you'll contact him about it and let that reflect in how you're going to vote in the coming days. If you like it, great. If you don't, let it be known. Well, what we do now is we want to look at the most recent gubernatorial debate. This is probably the last big debate that's going to take place before the elections here in about a week and a half. Uh, this was on KET. I have a link to this debate. It was about an hour and a half long. If you would like to watch it in its entirety, I have the link in the description of this video where you can do that. Watch the whole thing, and we're going to take out some of the key parts that I think are really defining of the different candidates, and I hope that'll be helpful to you. Uh, first of all, the first thing I noticed is that uh, a lot of them were playing dodgeball. Uh, by that, I mean they were asked questions, and they would dodge answering that question any way they possibly could. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? One of the questions that was dodged is when the uh, moderator, Ms. Shaw, had asked a question to Attorney General Cameron on uh, if he got elected governor, if he would stay governor, or if he would try to take Mitch McConnell's seat in the Senate, which is expected to come open. And uh, he dodged every which way he could from answering that question. Uh, and she really pointed him down on this, too. She's like, you gave people the impression when you were running for Attorney General that you were going to do that and you were going to serve that for two terms, but now you're running for governor. And uh, she really pressed him down on that, and he dodged that question hard. Uh, but he's not the only one that was dodging answers to questions. Uh, Ms. Shaw, the moderator of the debate, she asked all of the candidates, did uh, they think that Biden actually won the election, honestly? Did, did he really? Well, there was only one candidate who gave just a clear answer of no, uh, and that was a Mr. Eric Dieters, one of the candidates that night. Uh, one guy just came out and gave a clear, yes, Biden won the election. And that was Mr. Alan Keck, another one of the candidates. Uh, and the rest of them dodged and danced around that thing like crazy. Uh, let me give you the answer that we saw for Mr. Ryan Quarles, one of the candidates. Did President Biden win the election fair and square? I know that Donald Trump won big in Kentucky. And that I think that there's reason to question some of the uh, things that we saw in various cities around the United States. But I'm looking forward to 2023. Mm -hmm. I was yeah, personally, I like a direct yes or no answer. Mr. Dieters and Mr. Keck each gave us a direct answer. Whether you like the answer or not, I can appreciate that these fellas gave us a direct answer. Um, now, speaking of Mr. Trump uh, winning the election or not, uh, Mr. Dieters has made a very big deal, and he made a big deal of it that night on how he has always consistently been a supporter of President Trump. Notice what he said. I'm the only person who's running for Republican governor, who has defended Donald Trump since 2015. I'm the only one that's defended Trump through all of it. Trump's getting uh, subpoenas. He's getting his house searched. He's getting indicted. All these things have been happening to Trump. The impeachment, everything. For four years, they've all been silent except me. You I have spoken up for Donald Trump from day one. All right, well, here's the problem with this. He says he's constantly been a supporter of President Trump. 
Well, that's not true. Uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you some different videos where uh, he's not endorsing Trump. In fact, at one point he curses him. I'll be bleeping out that word because I don't want to have anything like that on the program. Again, don't blame me for what he has done. And so here's the videos of him saying that he doesn't like President Trump. I have always said he's not my kind of guy. All Trump cares about is himself. He cares about the country, but he also just cares about himself. He cares about money. That's what he cares about. Trump's not my kind of guy. You know, the whole, his lifestyle and everything. There's some more that I want to hit Trump with. I'm, you know what? I've kept my mouth shut about this, but it's true. Who pushed the vaccine? Trump. Who didn't stand up to Fauci and the rest of them? When he was president, he could have stood up to Fauci and all of that, but he was scared to. He thought he could be friends with the media by letting Fauci do whatever. He could have fired Fauci, and he didn't. We have Fauci because Trump let him stick around. We have the vaccines and all the mandates because Trump let it happen. I want to say that I've endorsed Ron DeSantis. In Ron DeSantis, you get everything of Trump's policies without all of his. Trump's not my kind of guy. Come on. You know, so he gets on air, says that he loves him. He gets on air, says that he doesn't, and he's endorsing somebody else. Uh, this is being kind of double-minded here. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse number 8, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that really goes on with something else that we saw here uh, in the debate that night. Uh, he said that he's, gonna, he's given out his phone number to the public. Uh, he's going to do that as governor. Uh, here, here's where he says that. Listen. Kelly, I give out my personal cell phone number to every Kentuckian and have answered probably a million questions. Do you give out your personal cell phone number to every Kentuckian okay. so they can call you? You know what, Mr. Eric? Dieters, let's stick I to the issues if we can. Kentucky issues. Yeah. All right, now let's think about this here. This guy's given this idea. He's going to give out his phone number to everybody if he's the governor. Kentucky is a state of four and a half million people. If you think for half a second that you're going to give out your phone number and handle the problems of Kentucky, four and a half million Kentuckians as governor, uh, that's somebody who's unstable. That is a completely inane type of idea to put out there. Uh, the moderator brought up a few other problems that Mr. Dieters has had, uh, and some people gave her a hard time for doing this. Uh, I will defend Ms. Shaw in this action uh, here because don't blame her for somebody else's record. And uh, she brought up some of his record, and let me show you what she showed. But in June 17th, 2021, an opinion and order issued by the Kentucky Supreme Court in the case of Eric Charles Dieters versus the Kentucky Bar Association, sided with the KBA in determining that you do not possess the requisite character, fitness, and moral qualification to practice law. The opinion conclusion states, quote, Dieters' practice of law is not governed by constitution, rule of law, or procedure. It is anarchy. Again, several people have attacked Ms. Shaw, the moderator here, for doing this. I will defend her in this specific action. Do not blame her for showing the record of somebody else. But she wasn't only showing the record for Mr. Dieters. No, she was kind of fair, and she showed it on other people as well, uh, including some very damaging things about one of the other candidates, a Miss Kelly Kraft. Notice the record that she set on her. 
Apparently, there was some reporting last week that the biggest sort of funding source of funding for the Commonwealth PAC, a group that's supporting your campaign, is your husband, Joe Kraft, who gave the group one point five million. Uh, the head of the Kentucky uh, Registry of Election Finance said, quote, it certainly raises concerns about potential coordination between your campaign and the PAC, which is a violation of state law. Your response. That is absolutely not true. Did you know about the contributions? I did not. No, I was not aware of my husband's contributions. I want everybody to think about this here. Your own spouse has donated one and a half million dollars to your campaign. And you want to say, uh, we never talked about that. I didn't know about that. Here's what I think about that. The whole thing is highly suspect. Highly suspect indeed. There's no way in the world that your husband is going to give you a million and a half dollars for your campaign, and you all never even happened to discuss that at all. Uh, so this is a big problem. And it's not the only problem that's come up for Ms. Kraft. One of the other problems is she's being sued by one of the other candidates, uh, Mr. Dieters. Uh, he has filed a lawsuit saying that Mrs. Kraft does not fit the requirements constitutionally to actually run for governor of Kentucky. And uh, here, I'll let him show you in the video his case for saying she's not eligible. And it's my opinion that based upon the public record that Kelly Kraft has not lived in the state of Kentucky for a consecutive period of time of six years under the state constitution. She may or may not have created a legal domicile, but that's not it. My roadmap is the Hunter Bates case. The Hunter Bates case, he got removed by an Oldham County Circuit judge. He was working in Washington, D.C. all the time, claimed to be an Oldham County, Kentucky citizen. It's my belief that she is not a resident of Kentucky, that she actually lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So let's have her and the lawsuit lays it all out. And so what do you want to have accomplished from the lawsuit? What's your end goal with this? Well, what the lawsuit says, an injunctive relief to where a circuit judge says she's not qualified by residency to run for governor of Kentucky. Now here's something very interesting. If Ms. Kraft happens to win the primary here on the 16th, and then after that, at some point, Mr. Dieter's lawsuit is successful, then she will be disqualified to be a gubernatorial candidate, which means the Republicans wouldn't have a candidate. So uh, this is uncharted territory. Anything could happen. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be watching uh, this uh, lawsuit very carefully. Uh, if she doesn't win the primary, it won't matter. But if she does, it is going to matter a great deal. And I bet that Andy Bashir would probably join Mr. Dieters in this lawsuit because he'd love to get rid of the Republican candidate and really just win by default. Uh, however, Mrs. Kraft also was on the attack this night, uh, and she was bringing up some of the records of some of the other candidates. Uh, actually, that's incorrect. She was bringing the other records of one candidate. Uh, she was just attacking Mr. Cameron over and over and over again. Uh, so these are some of the accusations that she uh, lamblasted the attorney general with that night. Let's talk about the attorney general appreciating Merrick Garland coming into Louisville, this woke DOJ, allowing Merrick Garland by saying, I appreciate him being here. I appreciate the fact that he's going to now oversee the Louisville Metro Police Department. What does that say about backing the blue? Thank you. Let's talk about money for a minute. Our attorney general, as we've all seen in the press and we've all read, is currently under ethics 
investigation. Hold on. And let me give you the facts. The facts are very clear. Our legislators passed a rule that bans Paysomatic, a gaming company, from being in the state of Kentucky. Our attorney general accepted $129,000 in campaign contributions. The next day, Paysomatic sued the state of Kentucky in the courts. Our attorney general, who knew that our legislators banned Paysomatic, chose those donations over representing the state of Kentucky against this lawsuit. So I believe he owes the state of Kentucky an explanation. You recused yourself, so why didn't you return the $29,000 in contributions from Paysomatic to your campaign and the $100,000 donation from Paysomatic to your super PAC? So we're seeing Ms. Kraft attack Mr. Cameron. We're seeing Mr. Dieters uh, attacking Ms. Kraft. Uh, we're seeing the, the moderator bring up things against him. Uh, and this is why we had another one of the candidates, Alan Keck. He's currently the mayor of Somerset. And after all of these accusations and yelling and interrupting each other, uh, this is why Mr. Keck said this. You know, I, quite honestly, the last 10 minutes are why people are sick of politics in America. It's he said, she said, we're going to spend a pile of money to tear each other down. I want a Kentucky where we lift each other up and we get stuff done. Yes, if you remember a few years ago uh, in the Republican primary, we had the two main uh, candidates were going after each other. But there was a third candidate who said, listen, they're arguing a lot. Why don't you go with me? I'm more peaceable. Uh, that was Mr. Bevan. And he snuck up in between those two candidates on election night and won the election by 83 votes. Uh, so we see that Mr. Keck and Mr. Quarles uh, both stayed out of this or applied to tr play uh, the nice guy card. Uh, Mr. Quarles made several references to Kentucky State uh, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, I think trying to align himself uh, with Mr. Paul's position and his popularity. We'll see how that works out for him. So here's the question. At the end of the night, who won this debate? I'll give you the answer clearly. The winner of this debate was your candidate. Yes, there was nothing in this where if you went into this debate watching it and you liked one particular person, nothing happened to make you switch to like a different person. So whoever it is that you liked going in, that's who you're going to think won the debate that night. Uh, so if you'd like to watch it again, I have the link in the description of this video and I'll encourage you to watch it in its entirety and I hope it'll make you uh, help you when you make your decision to vote on May the 16th. Well, we'll be keeping our eye on this and things that develop in the next few days before the election. So until next week, I'm Lee Watts for Patriot Point reminding you that liberty is not a spectator sport.